This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks with myself, Cam Rosland. And we have a packed show. We've got the Premier League. We've got a little bit of European stuff. We, and we've got some Malaysian football because I went to a football match. <laughs> and um, so the second half of the show will be entirely about my experience of going to a football match. And uh, we're also going to go through the, the Champions League um, uh, rundown, which just came through the last few minutes with our three pundits. We have a happy Sean Mahotra. Yeah, I, I told Cam earlier if uh, United had got smashed, I probably would have called in sick today. But I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, at least we know. And a very happy, could be even happier, um, Goglandora Raju. Yeah, I'm always, nowadays when Cam says I'm coming, I say I'll wait for the weekend's results. <laughs> uh, you, you were sure for a while that you might be the jinx. Yeah, I know. But yeah, hence why, I mean, well, to be fair, we haven't done any Friday shows in a while, have I? So, so we don't know. Yeah, we don't know yet. Okay. This is the test. <laughs> and we have, um, I think she is happy, uh, Myra. Quite happy until... 7 p.m. when the UCL draw came out. But, well, yeah. Okay. Myra is a Chelsea <laughs> fan, but she's also an Atletico Madrid fan, So, uh, which is going to come up in a second. So we're going to go through the Champions League knockout, first knockout stage. Um, the, the, uh, the, the came through just now. Our three pundits are not exactly finding it the most exciting <laughs> rundown. Yeah, well, nothing really stands out. Yeah. So I'll read through them, and if anybody wants to jump in, and first of all, Napoli-Barcelona. Could, could go who hey, uh, yeah well I, I would think that was a stand, the most standout tie of the tournament if you ask me I think it's like two teams that are absolutely in tatters against each other so mm. it's like chaos versus chaos you never know what you're gonna get with these two at the moment but yeah. it's the fan base that we talk about here so I guess you know <laughs> Barcelona yeah legacy fan base <laughs> okay yeah. alright uh, FC Porto versus Arsenal yeah, I mean, I think it probably would go Arsenal's way. I think Porto are a strong team. But Arsenal look really good in the league and in the Champions League, which is very hard to do. And they're using their squad depth really well. So I have a feeling Arsenal would just pip them a little bit for this one. I always felt that Arsenal were really kind of flaky in Champions League, but they seem a bit more steely. They, they did, but they also had a very... Not an easy group per se, but like it was, it felt a very like a Europa League group more than a Champions League group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you could be said of the United group also. If you ask me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Sean, it's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, wipe away the tears. And okay, we got uh, PSG Real Sociedad. I always turn to you, Goglin, as my PSG correspondent. <laughs> PSG correspondent. Again, you know, that after that. Um, uh, humiliation by Newcastle to, for them to pull this off and you have been what was it you or Des or one of Bob who was going on about that whole uh, Kylian Mbappe thing about how they got it off got off by the hook by the, by the by VAR is it mm-hmm. the penalty uh, if it was VAR it's Des yeah, yeah, it's it's Des. Des. yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out who it was <laughs> so yeah they still have a lot to prove but PSG are toiling I, I don't see them you know they will, they will get past this round, but I still see them toiling. And, and Mara, Real Sociedad, are they any good? Uh, they are defensively. Um, they have one of the best midfields in La Liga, actually. And they have one of the, I guess, most underrated uh, midfielders in Martin Zubimendi, who I should really shout out, one of the nicest players to watch these days. Um, yeah, but they're solid structurally. They have good players um, like 
this Japanese player, Takekubo. Mm. Um, and they're quite... I mean, they don't score many goals sometimes, but they are very, very defensively solid, which we see PSG sometimes struggle with. So therefore, who do you... Uh, I'm with Real Sociedad on this one. Mm. Also because of Spanish bias, sorry. There's a big call, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Kylian Mbappe retires and moves to South uh, Saudi Arabia. Right, right. Um <laughs> Okay, and uh, Sean, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid. Inter Milan, are they any good? Currently, this season, yeah, they look better than they did last season. That, that they're top of uh, they're top of Serie A, and I mean, think they've what they consider what seven goals seven goals all season. So they're not missing anyone that they've lost currently. They've upgraded. Yeah, sorry. they've upgraded. You know, in many senses, but I don't know. Part of me feels this is a it's a it's probably the most interesting tie of the. Champions League group, but okay. I, and, and I think Myra should know how Atletico will go against yeah, Inter Milan. I do. Myra, Atletico. Uh, yeah. No. It does not look good for Atletico Madrid. <laughs> um, I feel like Inter Milan is just so solid. They've conceded seven goals last season. At this point, they conceded twenty-two, and now they've only conceded seven. And then yesterday, Lautaro Martinez also mm. became the leading top scorer in a calendar year since the 2000s. So he's like one of the most informed strikers in Europe at the moment against, you know, Mr. Offside, Alvaro Morata. So <laughs> you can you can tell how that's going to go. Okay, but you're going to yeah. still stay up and watch them, aren't you? Support yeah, your team, aren't you? Through, through yeah. the tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, PSV Eindhoven, Borussia Dortmund... Quickly, yes, no, anybody, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, go and Dortmund win. But it should be a fun game. Very youthful teams. All right. Uh, Lazio, Bayern Munich. Well, I, yeah. If there's anything from me watching Bayern Munich in the Champions League this season, Lazio do not have a chance. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. It would be a huge upset. It would be, yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially, yeah. All right. And, and the team that took, stole Manchester United's spot, FC Copenhagen, they didn't steal it. I think they earned it really well. I mean, from every game they played in the Champions League, they looked like a really confident and fun team that plays football. But, I mean, this is the possibly the best time. I mean, against Man City, by yeah. the way, everybody. I mean, I mean it, again, I don't know why everyone talks about City. Like, they're such an amazing unit this season. I mean, in the, the game's in two months, so City will probably have KDB back, yes. they have Haaland back. But if they continue down this weird form that they're in, Copenhagen are no pushovers currently. Okay, and then finally, RB Leipzig versus Real Madrid. Mm. Oh, I mean... Yeah. I mean, Real Madrid are going to win. They're, they're going to win. But also, Leipzig is, you know, really good at scoring goals as well. Um, they're really good in transition. They have really good counter-attacking style. But it's Real Madrid. Do it's Champions League Bellingham? heritage. <laughs> Jude Bellingham's going to score. So. Yeah? yeah? Are they going to win the Champions League, uh, Real Madrid? They might. They, they can. They can, yeah. 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 Okay, well, um, that, that, that takes us actually straight away to the end of uh, part one, which gives us more time for part two. When we come back, it's the Premier League and, um, yeah, it's the Premier League here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with me and Myra and Goglin and Sean and now... We'll go to Premier League. And uh, we start with Manchester City 2, Crystal Palace 2, Crisis Club Manchester City. Pep out, surely. Surely, it's what we're saying. Um, Myra, uh, Palace were just incredibly well organised. They were. I think they were also helped by having Olise back playing full 90s again because he was out injured for a while. 
And then they lost Eberichi Eze. So they lost two really, really good transition players. And um, yeah, but they took advantage of all the, you know, possession gained because City were very, very dominant. They were, I think, 75%, 74% in possession and basically lost it by... Well, then they didn't lose. They didn't they, lose. Yeah, but, but it felt like they yeah. could have won that, right? Like they lost it well, or yeah, drew it. 2-0 yeah. up at home. City, yeah. that's a loss for them. That mm-hmm. is a loss for them, especially at this such a crucial period of time when and, and Arsenal Christopher are top. Yeah, yeah, Arsenal are top. I mean, yeah. I mean, Goglin, I mean, I, I mean, a bit of hyperbole, crisis club. No, but really, no. I mean, no, but I, well, I mean, every... like. Every season we have this conversation. Every that's a bubble, and everybody goes through that. And this could be their bubble. And you know, when the players start coming back, and they hit their form, which will probably be right in time, mm-hmm. you know, they, for the straight. So if you, if they're going to have a bubble, it's about time they do it right now. But it's it's lots of draws, uh, Sean. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is that a is this crisis? I mean, I wouldn't say it. it's a team that played every game last season and you see the the effects of it now in that team Pep keeps saying Haaland's injury is a stress injury KDB is out I'm no longer surprised by City not doing well up to January because after that they turn it on and they look Mm -hmm. unbeatable so but the thing is my main qualm is now how much points are they going to lose to the likes of Arsenal City and sorry Arsenal Liverpool and even Villa the top three before January comes about because yeah we know they can claw back you know points and everything but if it's a 15-18 point gap at that point as long as they keep the gap manageable you know because again I say the straight comes up to the mental fortitude of the players after that that straight when it comes down to you know March, April is champions mentality that yeah. comes in and takes you through. Yeah. But uh, Myra, are there any lessons for for other teams they can draw from this? Because uh, plenty, but also I think it's the same lessons that they should learn from City when they conceded versus uh, Leipzig versus Spurs versus Chelsea. They've been conceding a lot of goals this season, um, and it's the same pattern emerging. Um, it's just you know sending long balls over the top. Diaz can't catch it. Sometimes um, they have their fullbacks so high up, you know, they struggle to like chase it back. And then just use like, you know, a really fast-paced striker. A good thing, I mean, a lot of other clubs can look at is, I think the weakest link in that City defence is Gavardiol. To be yeah, very yeah. honest, I, there has not been a big enough conversation about how weak he is defensively. He doesn't have the pace, he gets turned too easily. I think it's one of those moments where you go, oh, it's a pep player, it takes time, kind of thing. But he's one that people can target. 100 million as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crisis club, Manchester City. <laughs> fourth. They are fourth. And um, Sean pointed out that if this coming weekend, if Arsenal and Liverpool draw, draw. Mm-hmm. and Aston Villa win, then Villa would go top and City would be floundering. It's incredible. Um, anyway, we'll move on. And uh, Sean, the reason why you're happy, <clears throat> Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. Nil nil, by the way, is the perfect scoreline. Mm-hmm. When I watched a match this weekend, <laughs> Tail City versus 3 Power, nil nil. So we'll talk about that one more. Um, yeah, you're, you're happy. I mean, I considered not watching this game, but some divine intervention told me, hey, why not just give it a go, right? I've been saying it for weeks. I don't mind if my team loses, but I cannot accept a team that doesn't put in the effort. If you're playing for Manchester United, it doesn't matter which team you play for. You could be playing for Chelsea, you could be playing for Villa. The least you expect is effort. And I saw that from all 11 players against Liverpool. I thought Kobe Mainu for an 18-year-old to be playing away at Anfield was a joy to watch. Whenever he was on the ball, no one came close to him. I thought Liverpool's midfield looked 
all over the place. So was like he looks tired in my opinion. Gravenberg looked like their best midfielder on the day, but fortunately he got injured. Endo doesn't convince me in 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 uh in the CDM position. Liverpool dominated the game, but if you look back at their thirty plus shots, thirteen of them were blocked by a defender or didn't pass the first man. United had the best chance of the game on the counter. United set up to play on the counter and it worked for them. So I can't be happier because I, I saw a team that really fought in that game. They knew it was going to be difficult. They knew everything was against them for this game. But they went up. They turned up. I don't think Liverpool turned up. That front three were... They were predictable. For once, I can say Liverpool's front three were predictable. Salah and Diaz kept trying to cut in. They never tried taking Dalo and Luke Shaw down the, the wing at all. And Darwin Nunes was constantly offside and making mistakes. But... There's so many conversations about this game. I don't know where to start. One of them is going to be about the double yellow that Dalo got in the last minutes of the game, which I thought was ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're not going to spend 10 yeah. minutes on yeah, 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 yeah. again, okay? All right? But before we break that rule... Um, no, no, I have to jump in on this. Yeah, I want to ask as, as a neutral, watching this game... It's to see how far United have fallen, mm-hmm. and, you know, for them to, you know, think of this as a victory. Yeah. Right? But I understand where you're coming from because it, with the resources they had, they really had no choice. But I think Darby Nunes was United's best defender, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right? And, uh, you know, this game was basically, like I was telling everybody, it was basically Onana taking five seconds, putting the ball out of play, and Liverpool taking 10 seconds and giving it back to him. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. Van Dijk said it was because of Onana that they won the game because he wasted so much time. I'm like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to save you, Myra, for Arsenal 2, Brighton 0. Yeah. And I thought Arsenal um, Arsenal scored with a set-piece goal, and it's not the first time. I believe mm-hmm. that actually since the beginning of last season, they've scored, what, 25? Yeah, and they've been getting really good at it. Really good at it, and that's just so not Arsenal. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, I guess I'm still in my head, I'm still sort of like comparing with Wenger time. And they just seem more savvy, steely, fast. They're very good. I feel like they're more fluid. And I think there's um, a very nice sense of shared unity in this um, Arsenal team because the goals are not just coming from one place, right? You have Saka scoring, you have Martinelli, you have Odegaard. And now you've added Kai Havertz into the mix, which is... he scores goals, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) which is actually not very surprising to me um, if at, at this point because he is a notorious late starter. Um, he always starts uh, the season very, very slow. He did this at Leverkusen. He did this at Chelsea. And he is usually around this time around Christmas and in the winter season that he's like banging in goals. And I, I cannot explain this phenomenon, but it's just been happening for seasons after season. So, okay. yeah. Okay. And Goglin, um, Arsenal the top. The, the, we, we have a title race on, do we not? Yeah, and Man I mean, City are not, they're not shoe-ins. Well, I, I don't think it's good for the league to have shoe-ins in you know November, December. It's 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 a title fight, it, it, and of course the Christmas fixtures are coming. Will be coming hard and fast, and this is where the teams have you know one or two injuries, and you'll have the everybody back to square again. But the difference between Arsenal last season and Arsenal this season is the steely side of it. They're playing ugly and winning. You know, it's not the Arsenal that is always flamboyant mm-hmm. and everything like last season. They they have actually got less points than us, or similar points as last season, mm-hmm. but. It's how they're winning ugly, you know. The mm. Brighton game wasn't a pretty thing to watch for an Arsenal, if you're an Arsenal fan. This is not the Arsenal of old. But they dug, they dug deep and they got the goals. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Brighton, Sean, Brighton, they're, they're kind of, I mean, they were doing so well. I mean, it's gone wrong. I, I've said it for the last few weeks, right, that's a team ravaged 
by injuries and they rely they don't have depth at all in that team they're relying on a lot of players who are new to the premier league the players they've signed and i said this i think about three four weeks ago the players that they did sign either haven't turned out to be great signings or are injured so i mean they weathered storm after storm after storm against arsenal it could have been way worse but i think ashran said this last season brighton know where they belong <laughs> they should be yeah. comfortable where they are currently yeah, he, i, I he don't think they're in a bad place i think that the one thing that have to, has to be looked at and i think you mentioned it last season when it came to villa was expectations over reality right hmm. so where do brighton expect to be after last season with their current situation compared to what is the reality currently so in my eyes, losing to Arsenal at the Emirates is not a horrible thing, but they've got to start picking up points. And this will, I think, Deserbi would have looked at this as a, you know, one that they could just scratch off for now. Okay, uh, Myra, the big one, <laughs> the, the scoreline that nobody expected: Chelsea two, Sheffield United <laughs> nil. <laughs> the mighty Sheffield United beaten finally. Um, again, uh, uh, no, I don't mean to be mean, but um, you know, Chelsea, uh, you're happy. I am, I am. I mean, we needed like a... Well, that was that felt like a big win. Felt yeah. like a big win after losing back-to-back to Manchester United and then we lost to Everton. I mean, we needed some points. Um, we needed some points because it's a young squad and it could yeah. derail really easily, especially with a lot of injuries that we're facing as well. We have like James out again for three months. It's just not good news. But yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways from that was how important and how influential Cole Palmer has mm-hmm. been for Chelsea. He's on like nine goal contributions so far. And this is like half a season, right? Last year, Kai Hubbard scored seven goals in one full season. Mason Mount was also not up to par. So I feel like that was one of the best deadline day signings Chelsea has ever made. Yeah, Cole Palmer, it, I, I forgive my ignorance. I, don't, I didn't really, he wasn't on my radar at the beginning of the season, but... Um, He's a revelation or is it to be expected? I would say it's to be expected. Under Pep, he was showing good signs already and he wanted first-team football. So at City, he wasn't going to get the out-and-out first-team football that he wanted and I think Pep respected the decision that he wanted to go. If I'm not mistaken, he was offered to Arsenal first and Arsenal said, no, we don't want him, we don't need him. Then he was offered to Chelsea and Chelsea were like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll take him. I don't think he was ever a priority signing for Chelsea, but he's turned out to be probably their best signing in the Bowley era, in yep. my opinion. He's been so good. I've been saying it for weeks. I get so tired of watching Chelsea. It's something that's big for me to say because I get tired of watching my own team. But Chelsea is so hard to watch. But Cole Palmer is a joy. And I honestly think sky's the limit for him. He's so flamboyant, silky, smooth. You never know which way he's going to go. He's been one of Chelsea's top two best players this season, I would have to say. Mm. So Goglin, from the, you know, heady heights of third in the plays, you know, <laughs> the, way, the way he should be. Um, uh, manage uh, Myra's expectations. Uh, Chelsea 10th, where, I mean, is this, this season now is, what, what is a good Chelsea season in your eyes? Well, they need a Europe. They need, definitely need a European uh, place, regardless really? of where they. Do you think that's possible? Oh, they got. Well, we still got the Conference League, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, I, I don't know what Poch wants to do. He's he's, good, he's making all this PR noises about you know needing players, which means he wants his own players mm-hmm. in. But you have to work with the squad you got, and what squad uh, you have such a great squad. You just need to get those last players gel, and Poch should start stop complaining about it and start getting working with the players and getting the results, you know. You can't have blowing hot and cold. We never know which Chelsea shows up every weekend, right? I agree, yeah. I agree. 
I think that Chelsea should buy new players. Because <laughs> well, that would just be hilarious. <laughs> Half the stadium just filled with Chelsea players. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on then to. Um, well, there's a bit of a surprise to me actually. Newcastle 3, Sean, Fulham 0. Fulham um, had a very impressive run, two five, five nils in a row. And, um, but they were down to 10 men, pretty bad tempered. What, um, is it because Fulham imploded or Newcastle, despite all their injuries, somehow? I think it's a combination of the two. I think if you've watched Newcastle games this season, they've not looked horrid, nor have they looked insanely impressive like they did last season. Of course, you got to take into consideration the injuries they have, but they've been playing well. They've just been unlucky in many games, in my opinion. Nothing makes a team more, you know, up for a game than getting knocked out of the Champions League after so many so-called bad calls went against them. Finishing bottom of their group, in my opinion, they should have never finished bottom of their group. So they were fired up. I mean, when you're down to 10 men after, what, 20 minutes, it's going to be a long game for you. And at St. James's Park, which I don't think they lost that this season or they've lost one at home, I'm not sure. It's a fortress. It's a difficult place to go to and get anything from them. So... I think they deserve their win. I mean, it's long overdue. They needed a big win. And then they've leapfrogged uh, Manchester United to go up a position. It's it's a good weekend for them because it's going to be uh, a tough week, a uh, tough month for Manchester United, might I add. You know, West Ham next and then Villa after that. Newcastle could stretch, make a, uh, make a gap right now. They could be pushing Spurs all the way. So I think this was a big win for Newcastle. It's one that Marco Silva is going to rule. Because you never know what could have happened after you lose a play after 20 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I thought Lewis Miley, Miley, Lewis Miley coming mm. along. Um, I know nothing about him. Does anyone I'm looking at? I'm, no, that one's looking away from me. For a local boy to come up, it's yeah. quite, at St. James Park, it's always a big thing. Yeah. And you could see how he, re- I think he ran to his parents or something mm-hmm. like that. And the crowd just went wild. It was like, for them, at St. James Park, when they, when one of, the, one of their own starts coming in and starts scoring, it's like, Church, yeah, Sunday, and they, right? haven't, they haven't been any real top kind of North, uh, northeast England players for a long time. Actually, there was, I mean, what's his name, the boy that's already in their midfield who's oh, currently yeah, injured, yeah. Uh, long stuff. Yeah, right. He's another one. And that, Darren Burns. Yeah, all these guys are yeah. magpies. Oh, mag, oh, yeah. yeah, but they're not like you know, like, like the Gaza kind oh. of. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's only one Gaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put on my Des hat on and say about this VAR thing about yeah. red, red cards. Mm. Yeah. All right. And it's been the most number of red cards now of the whole of last season, mm-hmm. right? As we were at 17 or something sure. like that. Yeah, it's because VAR, and apparently when you watch it in slow motion, it becomes really bad. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Right, yeah. when you watch a tackle in slow motion, it looks really, really bad. Did, so This one did look really, yeah, really so, bad. So that's why they say, I'm, I'm not talking about the ball. I, even that, I knew what he was trying to do. He wasn't going, he was just very high and he was in the momentum. But when you slow it down, even the Ben Mee tackle, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we'll get to that. The Bissouma. Well, there's another one, right? Bissouma. Bissouma, Bissouma. Yeah. yeah. So so that's why they're saying with VAR, and it's big, when it becomes really slow, it's down, mm-hmm. the tackle is amplified a hundred times better. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure if it... Yeah, I see. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of keeping that in mind whilst watching it, but they still looked really bad. <laughs> and the fact that oftentimes it's, it's players like Bissouma for Spurs simply did not need to do what he did. Uh-huh. Um, going for the guy's shin, shin <laughs> and like really straight in there. And I'm wondering if, if it's tiredness or something that's sort of making players frustrated with themselves. 
I it's also know. the pace of the game. You know, mm-hmm. The yeah. game is the pace of the game has gone up so much so fast that you you are, you are, you you have to make those tackles. Really? Otherwise, you you look like you're being you know. You look you look ridiculous on TV or on top yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree because like even with Spurs, now they're they're playing their high line. It's contributing so much to their injuries and also to like the amount of red cards they've gotten this season. Now that they're playing faster and faster, they have to make decisions like snap decisions and sometimes like when with younger players, maybe they make like you know not terrible decisions, but like in the moment, yeah, yeah exactly. slowed down by Vieira, it looks even more terrible. But like mm. now with the pace of the game, you're because yeah. it, uh, uh, so I'm taking it from okay. when I'm on the pitch and everything and I'm running at it at full speed you're not thinking twice you're putting your foot in and you don't realise how foot your high your foot mm-hmm. is because you're automatically mm-hmm. putting your foot in are you a dirty player then? No, is that what you're that's saying that's my, that's my next thing I'm not, I'm not a dirty player that's what, yeah, got, but that's what dirty got, players one, say I've got one red card I think <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's for mouthing off to descent by the way alright that's <laughs> okay then that's okay no I, I often wonder you know, how would I be I'm not sure how would I be would I be philosophical yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a red card, though. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, um, okay. So um, in a moment, uh, we're going to look at a few more um, Premier League matches and a bit of Europe and a bit of Malaysia here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back with myself, Cam Ruslan, and Myra, and Gogolin Raju and Sean Mahotra, and now Gogolin, the big one. Uh, the one we, <laughs> the one we were all waiting for. Brentford one, Aston Villa two. Villa in third. Um, a bad-tempered match, and I remember some red cards, and I can't remember the rest. What happened? Was it good? Well, like I said, we were just talking about it. It was, you know, it was it was a pretty pretty uh, stock standard football match. Villa were completely being outplayed and looked very lethargic and leggy. We a couple of players out, and you know, it was just we were one 0 down, and then the Ben Mee tackle happened. And again, that was also VAR. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally think it wouldn't be a red card, but Ben Me being Ben Me, you know, because <laughs> he did yeah, what uh, Wesley, he broke Wesley's knee in the yeah. game or something like that some seasons back. So then it all started kicking off. Villa started getting back into the game. The self belief came back, that the, the self belief that they had the past few weeks came back. Villa on the road are a different animal. I don't know why. So that, that self belief came back. You could see them starting to, you know, really believe in that they can get a goal. They get they get that goal from Moreno. And then um, Ollie Watkins scores from a corner. Mm. And he goes into a, apparently to a fan who's been abusing him the whole game because he's an ex Brentford player. Mm-hmm. So he started and he starts giving it back and it all starts all kicking off. And then it's the Leon Bellini just got most sublime own goal of the season. <laughs> all right, you should have been that. You should have watched that. And mm. you know, Emmy Martinez literally had to dive with his legs to save yep. that from going mm. into that. And um, Neil Mope, who I have no idea why, decides to run to get the ball and shoulder charges Emil. <laughs> Which and looked okay to me, actually. Yeah. Was that the other? Yeah, and then he gets yeah. a yellow card. Yeah. I, want, I actually didn't understand that. I mean, I just don't understand the rules. I thought that was okay. I thought it's allowable. Yeah, I, I think, I think. I, well, no, you can't simply go and shoulder charge a player. You know. <laughs> I think you can. It's not rugby. Yeah. Yeah, not off the ball. Oh, it was off the ball? Yeah, it was off the ball. He was ru- was the a- ball was out of play. <laughs> he was rushing to get the ball. This is new yeah. It's a lot of football. It, it all gets confused. Thing. And then Emi Martinez, and then, you know, Emi Martinez gives him back and he falls and then he then he might just pick him up and then it starts all kicking off. <laughs> but I have to say, it is often very hard to, to, to play against and win against 10 men. But Villa looked like they could. 
They, uh, I mean, again, this is the self-belief that the team has, you know, that, that, that you do, the Villa before, I wouldn't have expected much from that, as you very well know, for the past few seasons, you know. A lifetime. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, a <laughs> lifetime. So to see that self-belief, the, the football they were playing and the depth they had coming off the bench, you know, was okay. I was, 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 I was, I'm pretty concerned. But again, I always caution, we are two or three injuries away from being a Spurs. Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, why is that a bad one? I'm sure we get to Spurs in a yeah, bit. Yeah, we will in a moment. I understand that one. Okay. He's got title aspirations now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying that. You know, you know, this is Spurs, you know. Unbeaten, top of the table, two, three injuries, and then what happens? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's true for Newcastle. You didn't say that. Anyway, um, Myra, Myra, uh, uh, Goldman passed judgment on Chelsea earlier. Uh, why don't you pass judgment on Villa? Are they good? How are they good? What has Emery done? They are good. I mean, um, the fact that they're playing differently, they're braver on the ball. Um, you know, they've got really good players as well. They recruited really, really well. Um, they have two of my favorite Spanish players there, Alex Moreno from Real Betis and also Pau Torres, mm. who's one of the best ball-playing centre-backs in La Liga when he came on, uh, came in for to Villa. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, Ollie Watkins also, you know, mm. on a hot run of form. I think Emery has always um, improved players wherever he went. He mm. did it at Sevilla, he did it at Villarreal, um, improved strikers, actually, specifically strikers. So I'm not really surprised by this trajectory. And also very, very surprised that I guess the game kind of overshadowed that they've won 25 Premier League games in 2023. Mm. A record. Yeah, their best score in a calendar year. And only Manchester City have more points in a calendar, calendar year. It's, it's quite remarkable, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, Des and Azran, Liverpool fans, are convinced, and they've convinced me, that it's actually because Steven Gerrard laid the foundation. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, 110%. Yeah. It's like, you know, trying to open a bottle and, and, and Steven Gerrard kind of loosened it enough to make it easy for, for Emery to actually open the pickles. So, um, uh, Sean, we are now getting on to Tottenham Hotspur. It was Nottingham Forest nil, Spurs 2... I thought this was actually like a really important match for Spurs in order to get their mojo back. Um, Rich Allison with a header. I, I didn't really know that he was the new Duncan Ferguson. But <laughs> the majority of his goals have come from his head for Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a game they needed to win, but I think Forrest need really, really needed three mm. points. I, I, I felt for them when they thought they equalised, and I thought it was actually a really well worked goal till the VR four to go. players offside. Yeah, then when yeah. they showed it, the other <laughs> angle, I went, goodness, you don't need a VR yeah, for that one. I was one. like, geez, there were so many players off. So I was like, that's great shape from the, the Spurs team and everything. But the game again, I, I Spurs were the better team. They could have scored more goals in this game, but everyone's going to be looking at that one tackle it's Bissouma's second red card for Spurs mm -hmm. this season and that's a four game ban mm. it's not a three game ban so again I think Gogolin said it earlier where when you slow things down it looks far worse but this was one of them where I was like he was nowhere near the ball his f foot was closer to the player's knee than it was anything else deserve a red card but there was no reason for it Spurs were home and dry mm. at that point big for win for them and I think um Ange was mentioning that they do have plans to bring in players in January. So far, his talent ID with whoever he's working with has seemed pretty, pretty, pretty good. So pretty spot on. They just need what one defender, one midfielder. Striker in January is so difficult to get unless he goes back to his old club Celtic uh, you know, or, or Japan. Or Japan. So you never know. But I think Spurs are picking up form at the right time, just as everyone else was dropping points. So it's a it's a good weekend for them. Also, oh. also, I want to. Caution. 
at Forest where the keeper I forgot his name Metana. oh yeah oh, oh, yeah, boy. yeah you know they, they were actually coming back into the game mm-hmm. at that point and then he does that howler because he was under pressure from Son if I'm not mistaken yeah. and passes it straight to Kulovs Kulosevki you know so mm-hmm. again he's and he could have saved the shot by the way mm-hmm. so it was I think of Steve Cooper's felt really let down by this keeper at that point because they were really actually coming back into the game yeah. at that point Goglin really hates Spurs. I, I never knew this. This is, this is new to me. So I have to remember that. We'll, we'll, we'll exploit that. I really hate Spurs. It's just about me and my brother. He was a Spurs fan. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, Myra, I'm, I want to give you the difficult ones. Okay. Every, each week. Yeah, every each week. Each week. Yeah. Sorry. It's been, it has been Goglin in the Thank past. Thank you. Burnley nil, Everton 2. I don't think this is a difficult one. Yeah, because it's Everton, right. not too difficult. It's not. Everton, I mean, dice ball. Dice, I mean, come on. I'm a big believer in uh, Sean Dyche. Well, he, he will yeah. be Chelsea's next. Is, has he, has <laughs> he already yeah, yeah, been with Chelsea? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I think um, a few episodes ago, I think Keish also said the same thing, you know. You gave the wrong manager points deduction. Mm. You know, it's like mm. Sean Dyche, you know, he works best under, you know, facing a hardship, right? When odds are stacked against him. So I'm not really, you know, surprised by this result because Burnley are also very, very poor in the Premier League. But I think one of the most underrated facts about Sean Dyche is how much he has improved players in this Everton team as well. Yeah. Because you saw them under Lampard. There was no improvement for anyone except maybe Iwobi who left. Mm-hmm. But you see Dukure playing really well. You see Mikulenko playing really well. Amadou Onana was like man of the match for this. And yeah, he's really, really like gotten them, you know, all together, playing really, really good football. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. And and if it weren't for the 10-point re- um, uh, deduction. deduction, they would be above Chelsea. Yep, yep. They'd be a point behind United. <laughs> yeah. Well-deserved, though, if they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean, Burnley. I mean, I've asked, I've asked this question before. I asked it of Goglin, actually. Um, Luton Town uh, so Luton Town's match was uh, abandoned abandoned yeah. because um, the Lockyer collapsing collapsing uh, yeah. with a heart attack mm-hmm. and um, so we don't know the situation well, he is He's stable he, now. he is now stable Burnley and Sheffield United both lost um, it was thought for a moment that Everton might be joined into the mix but they're streaking away you mentioned Nottingham Forest really needing a win but mm-hmm. Burnley Burnley they, you know, they're not changing their style they're not I honestly think because if you wanted to get rid of a manager, unless Burnley has the plan of like sacking Vincent Company with two months to go in the Premier League, you have to stick by him because I think the plan now is we probably are not going to make it out of this relegation scrap. Let's plan for the championship next season. If that's the plan, sure, but it's not looking good for them. Mm, yeah. Okay, we have to move on and take a quick break. Uh, we, I did have scheduled five minutes of praise for David Moyes. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we can't do that now. But still, West Ham 3. No, seriously, though. West Ham 3, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. I mean, come on, David Moyes, well done. You should never, Sean, you, I mean, come on. He should still be the manager of United. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a moment, we'll do a, a little, quick look at uh, European Roundup and also local football here on Just a Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with me and Myra and Goglin and Sean. And now, um, Goglin, the big one, the competition the whole world has been waiting for and is talking about all the time, the Club World Cup. Um, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Sean, Myra, it's happening, you didn't know. <laughs> and uh, Goglin, um, should we care? Does anyone care? 
Well, apparently FIFA does. <laughs> is this a, this is a, a FIFA money-making, and it's going to get bigger, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to get bigger. It's, 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 it's in the US, right, if I'm not mistaken? No, it's in Saudi, it's in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Saudi Arabia, sorry. Yeah. So it, it will be, I think. It's due yeah, to go due to, to the US. Playing, yes. yeah. Something like that. I know, I've really given up after the modern competitions that they come start throwing <laughs> yep. up. It's just for more and more competitions, more and more TV viewing. It's 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 not for our generations anymore. It's for my kids and everything. And they grew up, you know, with the... PS, uh, FIFA mm-hmm. and everything. So this is what they do. They consume this much of football. The amount of knowledge that my son has on football, it doesn't come from watching football. It comes from FIFA, you know? The FIFA stats. The video game, the video game PS4, wow. PS5, yeah. sorry. Oh, so okay. th- th- that is a generation now. They have all the stats on, on that game. Right. So that's how they know all the players. Okay, so that's a ringing endorsement from Just for Kicks for the FIFA <laughs> Club World Cup. We'll be reporting minute by minute on that one. Um, uh, so let's. I want to go to Spain, um, Myra. Mm-hmm. First of all, actually, there's, there's talk of the Super League coming back, isn't it? Driven by Florentino Perez. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was scrapped. He wants to introduce it again with what twenty, thirty teams now. And, to re- and it's to replace the Europa, the Champions League, Champions? and the Europa League. So. He wants a bigger format now compared to the one that he did before. I mean, he came up with and he's citing all the current issues that are happening in football about how money is moving around in weird places, how he even cited, I think, that Saudi Arabia won the World Cup bid and how there's going to be more games for everyone to play, how everyone's going to be profiting from Therefore, this. Therefore, I want some of the pie. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there, there, I've thought about it. There are things that you can look at and go... It's a bit much that's happening now. The amount of games that are being played. Goglin said earlier about red cards being a record high this season. Injuries have been a record high this season. Real Madrid, it's their third ACL injury of the Mm. season. So many ACLs this season. Yeah, I don't remember a time where there were this many injuries. Mm. So you see a a slight reasoning and understanding to Perez's idea. But of course, you know, people of power want money, but... If it is to reduce the amount of games, that is something you have to think about as well. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Myra, Spain. Um, Atletico Madrid, I mean, they're in the uh, fifth, yeah. isn't it? Fourth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Be nice, Cam. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Real Madrid on top. Uh, yeah. Girona, actually. I, kind of, yeah. I want to quiz you about Girona. So, sure. I was thinking this is a good news story. Okay. <laughs> and then I, I was told it's not a good news story. <laughs> um, but Girona in second, and I was thinking that if they win, it could be like bigger than Leicester because... Yeah, I think a lot of like people are sour about it just because they are owned by City Football Group and the chairman is Pep Guardiola's brother. And even though they say that they're not connected, but still it's a, you know, they're in a group, right? You benefit from the data sharing, their recruitment, their personnel, just because they're not, you know, officially named in like the papers doesn't mean that they're not influencing Girona and, you know, uh, but yeah, but honestly, I also, aside from all of that, I love watching Girona nowadays. I don't miss a match because they're playing so Entertain. They're so entertaining. Yeah. They're so entertaining. They're so brave on the ball. They have really, really good players. Some on loan from Manchester City as well. Mm. <laughs> no connection whatsoever. No connection whatsoever. Mm. Not dodgy at all. Mm. Yeah, but like they're they're actually playing really, really good football. And um, I mean, I don't. I feel like people are talking about their title charge, right? I feel like it's a bit early at the moment. They have to face a couple of top seven teams until February, and then after that, if they get through that, and they're still number one, number two maybe we can discuss about them being actual contenders. Okay. Yeah. 
And she did that without saying anything about Atletico Madrid, and I'm not going to ask her that. <laughs> uh, okay, so, Sean, I want to ask you about Germany. Mm. Because um, I was reading, I've been reading kind of like, you know, um, Harry Kane updates, you know, scoring yeah. 100 goals. So I assumed, I assumed that Bayern Munich were top of the league. <laughs> They're not. I mean, it, it, timing seems to be <laughs> a really horrible thing for Harry Kane at the moment. But you look at personal accolades, he scored 20 goals in 14 games already for Bayern. That's, I think it's a record on its own for any player that's come into the league. But what Xabi Alonso is doing with that Bayer Leverkusen team right now is it's a joy to watch. There are so many players playing out of their skin and they're playing for one another. So you can look at people like Harry Kane scoring a lot of goals, but Bayern have also been conceding a lot of goals. Yeah. That's not something Leverkusen have been, have been doing. They've been scoring and shutting teams out. So I have this weird feeling where it's going to go down to the, the last game of the season again. <laughs> but... <laughs> I want Leverkusen to win, not because I think, you know, it would be nice to see Xabi Alonso win a trophy, but <laughs> because it'd be nice to have a change of pace from Bayern always winning things, in my opinion. Is is Xabi Alonso going to be that uh, sort of German, I know he's not German, but he's in Germany, German manager uh, kind of floating around who would be picked up by a club like, let's say Chelsea. I, I think his aspirations are huge at the moment. He knows the trajectory that he's on, right? He's come quietly up through the ranks, mm-hmm. got in his badges and everything. I think he was part of Real Madrid's youth team setup was, and everything yeah. too. So he's come in, he's proven his 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 metal so far. Real Madrid are one of the teams, you know, speculated to be interested in him. Uh, Bayern Munich are one of the teams speculated to be interested Liverpool in him. Liverpool at some point? Maybe. I mean, there were times where people thought, oh, you know, Steven Gerrard would have been a great pick and I was laughing at everyone for that. But when it comes to Xabi Alonso, I thought he'd be a terrifying one if you put him at Liverpool currently with how he's been setting things up. So I think sky's the limit for Xabi Alonso if mm. he continues this. Because he's not only getting the best out of players who've already been there. Like Florian Wirtz has been at Leverkusen yeah. for a mm. long time, but you're seeing the best out of him now. Mm. So he's getting the best out of players who've already been there. Plus, his recruitment has been really well. Yeah, okay. So look out. But Xavi Alonso. And now we move on to local football. Uh, <laughs> it's the end of the season. And uh, the news to report is um, the JDT won, obviously. And they scored 100 goals. It's incredible. And uh, won every match except for one which they drew. Kada. Yeah. Yeah, They dropped two points all season. Yeah, against my team, Kada. Quite remarkable. But more important than that, the most important uh, bit of footballing news in, in local football is I went to see a football <laughs> match. <laughs> uh, Azran, of this uh, show, Azran Rosane, uh, he took me to uh, Gigi, also of this show, had been pestering me to go. <laughs> um, so he wasn't there, but I went and saw KL City. KL City nil. Sri Pahang nil. What a fun first game. That's the perfect scoreline. <laughs> <laughs> How I, can relate, I can relate, yeah, I can relate, I can relate. I can be so happy that Manchester United had nil-nil. <laughs> um, and it was really good. And I just want to say to people out there, you should go watch... Um, local football. Local football. Oh, I've got, got the, the, the embarrassing zeal of the newly converted. <laughs> it's just really shocking. I just want to say that Cam actually... Uh, into Gigi's promise he made he finally made good on his promise on Gigi yeah he was slightly late but he actually did it I did it yeah where did Gigi leave yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I am now a uh, KL City Ultra I was sitting with the Ultras well I wasn't actually were you I, I was with the wives and girlfriends yeah. 
<laughs> but it was really good. Um, so I want to ask, I want to ask three of you. Golden, I know you, you, you go from time to time. Where, who, who, where do you? I mean, you and you play in local leagues. Uh, have you, are you? A, are you? A, do you go watch local football? And if not, what is it that's stopping you? No, I do. Of course, I go watch local football, and you know now with my son in tow, we go and watch and try to get in the atmosphere. The atmosphere at the stadiums is, you know, you cannot pay money for that one, especially when especially Malaysia plays or you know when like JDT comes to town and expect cup finals. The atmosphere is crazy, especially if you go to Kelantan, mm-hmm. Kedah. Mm-hmm. These are all hotbeds of venues. So if you really you know if you get your camera around and go around the stadiums of the country, that's a tour you can you can relate to. Well, you, you you go around the you go. No, no, I haven't. But I right. I've know a lot of people who do it, and right, they right. and they come back with stories of you know it's all different different stories, but it's it's there. It's 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 incomparable to the English uh, football mm. game. And Sean, uh, you told me in the past that you used to support yeah. more once upon a time than you do now. It's Kedah because when I was a kid, you know, I remember the FA Cup final and Kedah were in the final. Marlon James was the guy for me. He was an outstanding footballer for Kedah FC. My love for Malaysian football, I won't lie, has has deteriorated over time because it's become so... I mean, the atmosphere is great, yep. right? The environment is amazing, but it's become so predictable that you know JDT is going to win yeah. everything. I got excited last week, or was it the week before, when they played Trungarnu in the, the FA Cup final. Yeah. But after watching it, I just went, this is one the of the Cup worst final. games I have watched in a long time. Pitch was horrid, so... That niggles, it stays with me for a while. Sorry, if Manchester United dipped into the championship, I'd still you, watch you them. did turn your back on them. No, you? no, 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 no. I still support Kedah. Just don't watch as much. No, I mean, I, I can relate because when I was a kid, you know, I used to go and watch all the Slango games and they used to play Singapore, you know, and Singapore was mm-hmm. the big team. So there was Slango and Singapore were the big teams and then Slango KL. So these were all big uh, derby games. Kedah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Myra, you 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 have been you you are, you are. Yeah, I go I go um, yeah. from time to time. I go for the Slangor home matches. Uh, but this season, actually, shout out to PDRM for being a very very fun football team for the first half of the season before you know whatever went down with their coach. <laughs> but they were so so fun. The way they played, the players that they brought in, and also I think Slangor um, they did really well. They played really well as well this season. They got second. Um, uh, they renewed Faisal Halim, I think, for the next season. So more th- good things to come. You, you just know so much about <laughs> football. It's like, I, I mean, how much football do you watch? You don't, don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, so I, I obviously, you know, season ticket holder and all that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you better, you better take mine off of games, though. Should, yeah. should give you up to speed, get you up to speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to say it was... Um, it was just people running around a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Cam. But I, culture. Yeah, but I, I, I did finally discover what colour shirts uh, Cal City wear. <laughs> finally. As a lifelong fan, it's a bit embarrassing to only discover, like yesterday, what colour shirts they have. Um, so, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I would just urge you next season when it begins, I think in April, um, and I, I intend to go again. Um, it turns out the stadium's not nearly as far away as I'd <laughs> kept telling Gigi. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll be going again. And uh, so, uh, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And so I'd like to thank Sean Mahotra. Thank you, thank you, everyone. And I just want to say, if I don't come on for another show, have a very good Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, yeah, have a good one, everyone. Okay, and uh, Gogland Raju. I just want to say, this is the one-year anniversary of Messi lifting that World Cup. <laughs> I told you so, yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, right. And uh, uh, Myra? <laughs> yeah. um, same. Uh, Merry Christmas in advance and Happy New Year. 
Okay, and I shall wish a Merry Christmas to Daryl Ong, our producer, and, and a Happy New Year, Daryl, as well. <laughs> and uh, from myself, Cameron Ruslan, Merry etc. and uh, <laughs> see you along the way here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm Just for kicks on BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast From BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind Download the BFM app